Welcome to the Melanin Fix, where melanin kings and melanin queens share their perspective on love, relationships, sex, entrepreneurship, and much more. I'm your host, Charmaine. Now let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Melanin Fix. On this episode of the Melanin Fix, we have a special guest, and he goes by the name of B. Quarter. <laughs> oh, I knew you was waiting on me to say something. So I was, <laughs> I was thinking he was about to say more uh, after that. But hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Um, I'm good. Good. So most people, they may not know or they may know, but you have this really dope brand and it goes by the name of Beats and Beers. Correct. So it's very intriguing, like the title. So I want to know more about it. So t- why don't you tell us about it? Okay. Um <clears throat> So, Beats and Beers, um, we started, well, we did the first show in 2015 in Austin, Texas, uh, doing South by Southwest, and which was called Beats and Beers Festival. But, I mean, before that, I mean, it was a thing of, my background is in music producing, so I produce, you know, a lot of um, songs or whatever for a lot of different people, and um, so that's what we used to do essentially was make beats and drink beers so i was just sitting one day and i was like beats and beers sound cool and i was like yeah we're gonna spell it with uh x instead of you know spelling out the word and or using an and symbol or whatever the case is and we end up making uh this album which featured um a lot of different artists or whatever and it was called beats and beers However, the name always sounded like something more. To me, it always sounded like a festival, first of all. So that was always my intentions from the very start of the name. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounded like something more. And so in 2015, I just literally dived in because I was already attending South by Southwest as a producer every year. So we would just always migrate there. And so I figured it would be a good place because people from all around the world migrate uh, migrate there and so I'm like hey let's do a show and since we had all these relationships anyway from being uh, producers or whatever it was easy for us to pull people to actually like perform on the show or whatever because a lot of people probably owe us favors anyway from a bunch of free stuff we didn't did <laughs> um, so it was easy so from there it was 2015 um, I was living in LA at the time so 2015, we did Beast and Beers Festival. Um, then we did again in 2016. And then in 2016, um, after that, I was just looking for different ways to expand. And of course, we were building like this whole um, this whole following uh, from kind of everywhere in all these other like cities or whatever because of doing it at South by Southwest where it's kind of like people migrate there from all over. It's one of the biggest festivals in the world. Mm-hmm. So 2016, we did Beats and Beers Festival again. Then in L.A., I started creating these uh, Beats and Beers like nights. They were like every third Friday or whatever. And I was actually just looking for like DJ gigs at the time because mm-hmm. um, I would do that on the side too. And then, But when I had the meeting with the actual bar for a DJ and it was like no why don't you just do like your own night and we just call it like beats and beers mm-hmm. whatever night and so we started doing that every third Friday and so we did that for like half the year like throughout 2016 then 2017 came we did like we expanded we went to Atlanta and did a show uh, we did beats and beers festival again but then after that it was, I was just like, hey, let's create all these other different things. So we went to like Dallas. We went to Dallas that year for the first time, but we went to Dallas twice that year. We went to Seattle, Memphis, um, Atlanta. I think we went to Atlanta like three times that year. Um, we went to Washington, D.C. Um, where else did we go? And so, in L.A., of course, in uh, I think a couple other places. But anyway, so we expanded in 2017 and then kind of continued on that for like 2018. And then here we are now, 2000, um, 
2019 and pretty much we'll have like you know we have like all these different people like from the industry come out whether it's media um different uh artists or whatever or the record labels or whatever but now it's kind of a thing that's running on its own that automatically attracts like those people Mm -hmm. so yeah now here we are now we're doing um expanding uh the brand still doing uh partnerships and stuff like that so well, that's curating dope. for the culture <laughs> that's dope so what's the vibe normally like when someone goes to a a beats and beers event man it's always like it's always super chill my thing is um my thing personally is like i like to be in environments where i can come out and it's productive um and when I say productive, I don't mean taking away from the fun aspect to be productive. I mean having fun and being productive at the same time. So I want to meet, you know what I'm saying, meet somebody and also at the same time, like, I feel like those are the best environments where people kind of let their hair down. They're able to uh, network. You can dig a little bit deeper and people feel a lot more comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, just talking and networking in those types of environments so when we do a show essentially i like to create the environment that i like to be in and you know we have like the different people like from the industry just come out or whatever and it's like we create a situation to where it's easy for anybody to come in and kind of you know network or whatever we're gonna have some fun we're gonna host probably gonna crack some jokes Mm -hmm. and it's just gonna be a good like show and even if it's not a show and it's just like we're just you know chilling hanging out or whatever like guarantee like you're going to leave meeting somebody or something beneficial to everybody is going to be there Well, that's dope. Um, so I've done my res- a little research on you, and I found out that you produced for some really dope people. Can you tell us who? Or yeah. Who you want to? Um, <laughs> so I've done stuff for like Currency, um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., which is one of, one of my uh, good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Currency and their whole Jet Life movement i mean i've pretty much done a lot with all of them mm-hmm. um d1 lecrae uh oh big crit okay <laughs> um which i mean that's an interesting story in itself um i don't know vh1 mtv v um tv1 uh espn um and yeah, that's all I can think of off the top of my head, but wow. I think that's good enough. Well, those are some big names, so you're definitely doing your thing out here. So what do you think is like one of the hardest things about um, handling or dealing with rejection in the industry? Because I know it's not a walk in the park, you know, getting no, out it's there. Not a walk, it's not a walk in the park at all. I feel like the biggest thing is to keep going a lot of people you know hear like a no or i'm just a person that's full of ideas like i always got a new new idea every day or i got a million new ideas every Mm -hmm. day and so (laughs) all of them i know is not the idea but it takes me going through a lot of ideas to get to the idea right so i mean it's like knowing that everything is not going to gonna work but you know, you just have to keep uh, pressing forward because a lot of people, like, and I mean, this is still me included. Like, I still go through this when you'll get, like, a rejection or somebody's not as excited about an idea as you are. Mm-hmm. And you take it as, like, you start questioning it. Well, you know, like, should I still do this idea or is it even a good idea or whatever the case is? But it's like, eventually you'll get to the idea if you just keep going and don't let nobody pretty much stop, you know, what you're doing. And you have to do it, um, you have to do it consistently. That's the, that's the biggest thing is being consistent. A lot of people, 
are consistent and will weed themselves out just based off of that. Mm-hmm. And being consistent means not only consistent, consistently working, but consistently staying on brand as well. Like, I have to turn a lot of things down because, not because it's necessarily a bad idea or whatever, but it's just not on brand with what I'm trying to do. I have a vision, right. so I have to stick to that, and I know what it's going to take to fulfill that vision. And so it's easy to just do something real quick for, like, oh, this is a quick money grab. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't realize that you also, um, that can be detrimental to your brand as well when you're just doing like all this quick stuff just for money mm-hmm. and so yeah it'll be good right then but in the long run when your brand is like watered down there's no coming back from that right and i definitely relate to a lot of the a lot of the things that you said because um i don't you guys probably don't know this but we're both aquarians <laughs> So yeah, 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 yeah. So we're constantly thinking. What day is your birthday on? Yeah, my birthday is February twelfth. When's yours? Okay, mine is February fifth. Okay, so we're a few days apart. But um, as an Aquarius, when it comes down to creativity and being innovative, we're like one hundred percent there. But sometimes I feel like we have too many ideas, and we don't know which one to execute or which one that isn't the best idea because we still want to try them all. But then we get overwhelmed because it's like, all right, I don't know which way to go with this one. I want this one to be dope. I want this one to be dope. And it it just gets overwhelming. (laughs) So I definitely can relate to, um, excuse me, everything that you just said. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're always full of ideas. I don't know uh, Aquarius that is it mm-hmm. has some type of creative something going on. Like, but yeah, we definitely are full of full of ideas, and that's one thing I had to perfect is like you know, like knowing that you have to stick to you know you can't be all over the place right. basically, and you have to see things through, mm-hmm. and that's like. That's been my thing with um, with Beats and Beers is just like, no, we have to stick to what the brand is. And I would honestly say, like, I mean, a little, I mean, over the years, it's just been growing, growing, growing. But like this year, it's been like the real, like, no, you about to like skyrocket mm-hmm. <laughs> type of thing. So, but, and I feel like that's from sticking to the initial idea in pushing the same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. Right. Yeah, I I definitely get it. That's one of my biggest struggles because I have, it's almost like that saying, um, how does the saying go? Um, Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. So yeah. that's like one of my biggest um, battles that I deal with because I, I dibble and dabble in so many things. I know how to do so many things, but it's about me mastering that one thing. And I just don't know <laughs> what it is I want to master. So it, it can be difficult. It really can. Nah, definitely. Definitely. I get it. I feel like I'm good at a lot of things. Just naturally good. At yeah. it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's, I don't know whether it's cooking, whether it's, you know, like, people really don't even be knowing that I really be cooking. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But my cooking, I feel like it's different because I like creating like different like stuff or whatever. So it's just like, I don't know. That's like another creative outlet for me. Like when I get tired of like working or I'm drained from that, like that's another like creative outlet mm-hmm. <laughs> for me. And, you know, just a lot of other things. Like when I was younger, my thing was I wanted to, I thought I was going to design shoes, mm-hmm. which is still, uh, it's still in the pipeline somewhere, <laughs> but it's just like, nah, I used to sit around and just draw shoes all the time, mm-hmm. and I remember doing a project on that in third grade, but yeah, I used to do that, you know, all the time, so like drawing was my thing, but yeah, everything like creative, like definitely, like that's me. 
Yeah. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but I'm the happiest when I'm able to create something. I don't care what it is. As long as I'm able to create something and see like the ending result of it, I'm like in the most happiest place. (laughs) Exactly. That's what it is. That's what it is uh, for me too. Definitely. Like I tell people like, and as crazy as this sounds, like if I feel like if I couldn't create, I'd rather die than not mm-hmm. be able to create because that's how passionate I am about creating and having like these, you know, ideas or whatever. And people like I look at people like Kanye and you know, he goes to the extreme sometimes. Mm-hmm. But if there's a part of me that understands like he's just frustrated frustrated because he can't create <laughs> necessarily some of the things that he wants to create it's just a creative frustration right. like type of thing going on so but yeah it's really that serious to me like if i can create i'd rather die than not be able to create because that's what i feel like i'm born to do all right and you know another thing that's hella frustrating for me is when i have creators block like that is one of the worst feelings for me especially when i have a vision but I can't figure out how to morph it into something that can become my reality. And I can try and try and try and try. Um, I can go back and forth with so many different ideas on how to make it work. But if creatively I'm not in that headspace, it'll never happen. And it's like, I don't know how to get out of that. (laughs) Right, right. Um, No, for sure. I definitely, man. So that's when I shift gears. Like, I feel like it's time for me to go do something else. Like today, I'm hopping on a boat today. Mm -hmm. Like, and I feel like that's like a release for me. Like last week, I mean, granted, it was, it was part of it was work. Yeah. Because we had a show in LA, but we spent time in both Vegas and LA. Mm -hmm. But like, I have to, at that point, I feel like it's time to expand like your, your mind and get like some inspiration going on. Yeah. So like those just as important as it is to create is just as uh important to have those times where you do other things where it's inspiring so whether like we enjoy as Aquariuses, we enjoy conversations right and i enjoy like below i mean yeah below the surface conversations like i like to you know i like to just talk and learn mm-hmm. talk and learn you know, explore other people's mind. That's what well, people that's worth exploring. Right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, like, stuff like that. And, like, sometimes I'll, I, I do it all the time. I did it yesterday. Like, I was just talking about an idea. And, like I said, you'll have a million ideas before you get to the idea. Mm-hmm. But talking and just having a regular conversation. Um, helped me get to the idea and I was like oh wait, wait a second this is yeah. it's not even that the idea was coming from the other person it was just the fact that I was just talking it out right and then something and in right. your mind just clicked like alright that's exactly what I needed exactly 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 and that's just me like man that's me to the core all day like and I won't stop creating like I have to always create and then my mind is just always on marketing. Like, mm-hmm. after I create something, like, how can I market this the best way? Like, those are my areas of, like, expertise. I have to create and market, market and create. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm definitely, like, off the record. We'll definitely have to chat about marketing because, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Like, I, like, get, I mean... I'm, like, really into it, like, and it just happened randomly for me, um, and I just figured out, figured, um, figured it out that I had a, like, niche for it, and I'm like, oh, and then people would be like, you know, tell me, like, man, you really good at this, and I'm thinking I'm just going, like, at the time, like, just normal stuff, like, right. and it, it was, it was for people uh, telling me, that, that I learned that, oh, no, this is, like, something special that you got. And uh, all these other people don't really understand it on the level that you understand it. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, so. I knew that we were going to connect, not because you're an Aquarius, but I mean, that has a lot to do with it. But the same exactly what you just said is something that I go through every day. Like um, I could just be doing something as simple as recording this podcast. And people think it's a big deal, but to me, it's like, all right, well, only thing you yeah, have to do is it's just, just regular. <laughs> but it's like that because it comes so natural to you, right? That you feel like it's just like a natural thing for it should be a natural thing for everybody, right? And then we're very humble, like we love, um, you know, we love recognition and all that good stuff, but we're very humble about it. Like we're not the type to brag and boast about our accomplishments or to basically jump the gun and announce things before they've, you know, happened. I noticed that a lot too, because we don't want to put something out there and then it doesn't, the outcome isn't what we expected it to be. Cause then we feel like we kind of failed (laughs) in a sense. Exactly. Exactly. And people tell me all the time, like, man, you too, too humble for, you know, the stuff that you've, actually like accomplished or whatever yeah i mean i get it to um a certain extent because a lot of those things are valuable Mm -hmm. to other for you know just advancing like if there's information you know i'm saying that i might downplay that is very valuable to somebody else or the next opportunity right and i guess Um, i just feel like you know it can be here today and gone tomorrow so yeah for sure i'm not yeah and and to get even deeper on that thing about here here today going tomorrow that's definitely like my mentality and that's why i'm not like attached to a lot of like material things Mm -hmm. because like i don't know like i'm just not like i want to be detached as much as possible from that type of stuff like i don't want a lot of like baggage and that type of stuff attached to me because I just don't. I feel like when you just get attached to, like, uh, material things like that and then when they're gone, like, you feel like a piece of you mm-hmm. is gone or something. But those are things that you can always get. You can always create something to get them. Like, I don't know. I just don't want to live life so attached to everything and it doesn't even have to be material but just like a lot of things in general like I just don't want to be attached (laughs) right and I think we get that stigma of being of Aquarians being so detached from people and things but it's because we like to guard our space and our energy and our thoughts and all that stuff and once we become vulnerable and we get attached to things, it's hard for us to detach from them. So it's like we'd rather not even get attached. (laughs) Exactly. And I mean, if we want to go even deeper, it's like, for me, yes, when when I'm attached, I'm attached. Like, Mm -hmm. my friends are my friends. Like, I've had the same friends since we were, like, in seventh grade. Um, Like, if I'm in love, like, nah, it's like, it's me, like, giving all of me like mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how to like halfway do it I don't I don't know that like I don't know a difference between a girlfriend and a wife like it's right. all it's the same thing to me like I don't know how to treat <laughs> treat you different cause or hold back just cause nah it's just like that's just me so if I say I'm in something then I'm in it and that's just that's just that. Like, I don't know how to hold back and do all of that. So, yeah, we are very guarded. Yeah. And everything, because once we're in, I feel like we're in. Oh, definitely. Um, I definitely can relate to that. Um, it's, like you said, it's like there's basically no on and off switch. Like, what once I'm committed completely, like 100%, there's no going back so it's like don't tell me that you want this out of me and then I give it to you because once I give it to you (laughs) there's no going back (laughs) yeah and the same thing is like my biggest pet peeve is don't say something and then don't do it right like that's like the 
that drives me crazy. Like, because once you tell me something, one, I'm not going to forget it. Two, it's set in stone with me. Mm -hmm. And then, but on the flip side of that, I don't say things that I won't do. Like, anything that I say, I'm going to do. You know, and if I can't do it for whatever reason, then I'll, you know what I'm saying, make sure that that's known. Mm -hmm. But, no, anything, like, I really stand on that being just, like, a man of my word, you know, like, integrity. Like, that's just everything to me. Yeah. So, I hate when other people, like, say stuff and then don't do it. Like, that just drives me crazy. Right. And then I'm a planner, so... I'm a planner and I'm an analyzer and an observer. (laughs) So I need to plan things out. So, for instance, if we're going on a date or whatever the case may be, I need to know when, where, what, and how. Like, I need to know all of those things. Because if I don't know those things, I'm going to question every little detail. Like, all right, well, why... Why aren't we going there when we can go there? Or, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm just in my that's head. That's the woman. I feel like that's the woman Aquarian mm-hmm. in now. Because <laughs> I'm like, a, I'm, sometimes I'm a bit random. And okay. I'm like, I like spare the moment. Like, just like, nah, just random stuff sometimes. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm just a bit random. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I like detailed stuff too. But I like to leave space for a little bit of, like, randomness at times, too. Yeah. Now, I will say I am that, too. I'm very spontaneous, but I'm more of a planner. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Yeah. But just to kind of switch gears a little bit, um, what do you think are the major struggles and victories of being a melanated entrepreneur? Man, I mean, I just think, honestly, I just think we just got to work harder. Um, And I had this, when I sit down with the richest people, when I sit down with, you know, the people who might not have anything, um, the biggest thing uh, for me, and I say this all the time, is like, for the most part, a lot of us didn't grow up, you know, just knowing a lot of things in business or even though we're like the most like creative like people or you know what I'm saying we create the most things a lot of us didn't grow up with like the business knowledge of like how to properly turn that idea into a business that's profitable or whatever the case is so I feel like <clears throat> that's one of you know what I'm saying the hurdles is like kind of where we come from a little bit sometimes is like I almost feel like it's a hindrance to a lot of things like and we have to teach ourselves along the way in which is like kind of you know that's what I did and what I'm doing is mm-hmm. like I'm I'm learning like I'm like a sponge to I sit around I like sitting around all successful people because like, right. I'm trying to learn what's going on I'm spending the most time with them, either if we're talking about work or we're just having regular conversations or I'm at their house, whatever the case is. I like spending time doing that because I'm trying to learn. I feel like I'm learning so much about, like, just, like, financial literacy, um, just all these different, like, things or whatever that we're we're, we're just not taught, (laughs) period. Um, and which I feel like we would be, you know, ahead in a lot of ways if we did know, you know, these things. And I don't know, I can't say, well, I can't say some of this stuff was purposely held back from us. But, yeah. um, yeah, I feel like that's one of the, the main struggles, you know, that I, um, have to deal with. And then it's like, it's just a generational like thing and it's like well our parents didn't know so we don't know mm-hmm. and yeah it's just passed on passed on which is something that you know i'm trying to break but on the flip side of that you know i i mean i love you know what i'm saying who i am i love my people um and i love the fact that yeah like i said we're we're the most creative people on this planet you know mm-hmm. period like we create we set the trends we are the trends you know like 
people, I mean, follow everything that we do, like, in, in, in pop culture and everything. Like, we set the trends. We we make everything. Right. So, well, I'm pretty sure we're the most duplicated. So, it's just Definitely. like, yeah, I love, <laughs> I, I mean, we just got the best, I mean, the best everything. I mean, I feel like the black woman, of course, is clean. Mm-hmm. Like, to, I mean, just to, it's just super superior. <laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah. It's just super superior. Like, there isn't a better nurture, <laughs> like, at all. So, and I mean, amongst other things as well. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, there isn't, like, I don't know, without, you know what I'm saying? Without y'all, they know us. So, True. yeah, I, I love black people, I love black culture, and I love being a part of the culture. Yeah, I definitely agree and respect that. Um, I think one of the biggest struggles, I would say, being a melanated entrepreneur is um, getting the support of other black people in the community. Because I feel like they'll see you grinding and doing all the stuff that you're doing, but at the same time, they're not really supporting what you're doing. Like, they may congratulate you and they may peep what you're doing, but deep down inside, they're not here to support you. And, I mean, there is some, but I feel like majority of the people in the black community, they're not willing to build up the black community unless it's been a No, that's, I mean, and that's, a, that's definitely a valid, that's a valid struggle because mm-hmm. people... Um, I don't know. That's a valid struggle. I yeah. mean, people, and, and a lot of it, I think, comes from because the environments that we come from, and a lot of people don't, you know, may have grown up not having much. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody else gets something, it's a jealousy thing there because they want what you have or the potential thing that you have, or whatever the case is, they want what you have. Like everybody you know, don't, aren't blessed enough with, um, the same opportunities that you may get or whatever. Mm -hmm. So when you get those, it's like, Hey, I want that too. Or it may be a thing of, since they can't do it, they don't even believe that you can. Right. (laughs) Period. So, yeah, I mean, I get those same things too. Like for sure. Yeah. I get it. I can't tell you how many people, like once I launched Melanin University two years ago, there were so many people that were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to do this. And then never, never did they ever once like share the link to my website or purchase anything. So it's a lot of those that you have to be careful about because, yeah, they'll hype you up. But if you're not really secure in your vision and knowing that not everybody is truly going to support you, it can put you in a a hurtful space because it's like, well, damn, these people said that they were going to support me and then they never did. So that can put you in your feelings like, all right, well, that's kind of jacked up that, you know, they built me up, but really didn't follow through with what they said they were going to do. Yeah. And that's another thing is like, like I was saying was not being attached like yeah because people are going to that's what people do like i listen to people all day my inboxes my all of my inboxes are always full of whatever questions or i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna do that like even when i just did the event uh in la there were so many people that was like and i'm coming i'm there i'm doing this i'm doing that and you know, it's a bunch of people there that I don't even really know. Mm-hmm. And it, they, they weren't <laughs> the people that were, you know what I'm saying, hitting me up or whatever the case is. But, yeah, you just have to, I mean, I always look at that stuff as, like, and you just have to keep going. And the saying is true. Like, the people you know the least are going to be the ones that support you the most. Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot of people just can't fathom like that you're actually doing something that um that they don't see in themselves mm-hmm. so it's just people say stuff just to sound good some people say that just so they don't look like they're not in support 
Because <laughs> yeah. if they don't say anything, it's going to look like uh, they don't support. So, you know, I just, whatever. And even, um, you know, if they say something on social media, okay, great. Like, I take that as, you know, the support or whatever, mm-hmm. great. Because now you're encouraging somebody else. At least somebody else thinking you buying it, or even if you fake buying it. Right. Somebody, somebody else think you buying it, and there's no, I mean, people love to see other people buying it. So mm-hmm. that's just, I mean, that's just that. But like I said, I just don't even be attached to none of that. Like, you ever feel like you, uh, and I say this all the time, but I always feel like my ideas are like, somewhere else like I'm just talking over people heads all the time yeah and it's like they can't grasp like this major idea that you're coming up with they may see it on the surface but they actually don't see the bigger picture or the bigger vision of what you're trying to convey so that's the world I feel like I live in and sometimes I feel like I'm living in either me and a couple people or me by myself or whatever but that's the world, like, I live in where people, you know, like, I feel like a lot of people don't grasp the concept of, like, division at all. Mm-hmm. And so even especially, like, in uh, being from Flint, like, that's a tough, like, that's definitely a tough battle. Yeah. And it's because I've experienced a lot. You know, I lived in both New York. I lived in L.A. And... Like, I've experienced a lot, a lot. So it's just like my vision is, you know, I feel like is light years, <laughs> light years away from mm-hmm. a lot of other people's, you know, vision or what they think is progressive thinking. Yeah. So. Yeah, it could that's be. a struggle. Yeah, it's definitely a struggle. But then, like you said, on the flip side of things, there's nothing like, um, that gratification of knowing that you're putting something in place for the black community. Because like when I, because when I created these platforms, like the melanin fix and melanin university, I didn't create them for me. I created them for the community because I knew that, um, that there was a deficit and we needed something like this platform where people can feel proud about who they are and feel like they can achieve so many things. And, like when when I got the Melanie Melanie University when that was trademarked, like that was a huge impact for me because not everybody realizes how important it is to trademark your stuff because anybody can take what you have if you're not smart. So just doing that, knowing that it's gonna motivate somebody else to really think about, all right, well if I have these ideas, I need to make sure that I'm doing my work. And making sure that I'm protecting myself. So it's just little things like that that are um, gratifying knowing that your hard work isn't in vain and that somebody else is appreciating it. Even if they're not really saying it, but you know deep down inside you're impacting, you know, your community in a positive way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So out of all of the people that you've worked with, who do you think has given you some of the greatest advice in maneuvering in the entertainment industry? Big Crick. Okay. Uh, I mean, no, I take. Well, I'm say Big Crick, and also I don't know if you're familiar with D1, but Mm-mm. he's from uh, New Orleans and he's signed to RCA, I think, okay. or something like that. Anyway. But, um, okay, so I'll try to make this story really quick. Okay. <laughs> so he he had a tour stop, like, in Detroit or whatever. And so at the time, uh, at the time I had a partner, and we were, you know, producing or whatever, and we were supposed to sign, like, this publishing deal or whatever, and we was really looking forward to it, and it was just like, uh, like our lives going to change right here, right there. My daughter was about to be born. So I'm like, yeah, this is right on time. Like this is everything. Mm-hmm. And so we had kind of stopped everything that we was doing to kind of focus on that. Cause we like, man, we need to be having like all this music like stacked up. So when this publishing deal 
come through. We got artists, music already just ready and everything. And um, so I was talking. He had a t- uh, tour stop and it was in Detroit. And so I went down. And he was asking me about the deal because he knew like that we were supposed to do this deal or whatever. So he was just asking me like how it was going. And this was like a couple months later. And it was still like nothing had materialized from it other than talk. So he was like, um, how it was going. I'm telling him like, you know, we just still just waiting like type of thing. And he uh, pretty much told me he was like, why are, you pre- why are you just, like, waiting? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You should still be doing stuff in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So he was basically, what he was saying, or what he told to me is that the audience pretty much doesn't um, see, like, that you stopped, that your boat is stopping because you're trying to focus on all this other stuff. Like, they, they don't know about this publishing deal or whatever only thing that they see is that you stopped mm-hmm. and so that always just like stuck with me and i never stopped anything ever since like i've always kept going always just like thing after thing next thing next whatever after next after that like i never stopped after that because what he said it made a lot of sense is like basically you killing your audience by just stopping like that because they don't care or know, you know, the reason that you stop it. They just see that your ship has stopped. And he said, I guarantee if that person that we're supposed to do the publishing deal with, if they looking, I guarantee there's other people, you know, that's looking your way too. Mm -hmm. And so it just made so much sense and clicked to me that I was like, man, you know what? You're right. (laughs) Like, and I don't know, that little simple piece of advice just always stuck with me. Yeah. Well, I like and same that. thing with Crit. Crit always was like, man, like, just keep going. Like, that was his, that was his thing. Because as soon as he heard our music, and he was like, man, he just got record after record. Like, and he was just always like, man, just keep going. Like, I'm telling you, like, it's going to... Like, it's going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's dope. You know what? I completely forgot. I started the show and didn't even do um, Melanin Motivators. I can't believe that. So, basically, okay. on the show, I do this thing called Melanin Motivators. And there are people in the community that you feel are doing their thing. They can be well-known. They don't have to be well-known, but... Basically, just someone that you want to give props to and kudos to. So, I can go first, and then if you have one, then you can go after me. Okay. So, for this episode, hands down, is Tyler Perry. Um, mm. I don't know if you saw his acceptance speech uh, on the BET yeah, Awards. On, yeah, I saw it. So, that, like, rocked my world because everything that he said was so valid. Like every every struggle that he went through for um, like being criticized for being the character of Medea, being a man in in a dress and doing these plays and being homeless and all of these things that he's gone through, there was a purpose behind it all. He was creating all of that stuff for the black community. Yeah, I don't think people realized, including myself, that that's what he was doing it for. So him building his studios out here in Atlanta. And um, mm-hmm. just paving the way um, for other people in the community. And as he was saying, helping people cross. And that just gave me chills. Like, wow, that's exactly what I'm doing and what I strive to do is to help people cross. So even if it's having people come on the show, because they may never have thought about, you know, being on a podcast or thinking that they can never be on a podcast like, I'm opening up those doors for other people to achieve certain things that they never thought that they can do. Or just something as simple as giving advice on what I've learned in my life and how to get here and how to get there. Like, just so many things like that just motivates me. So I definitely want to give it to Tyler for opening my eyes. For sure. Um, I think this may be a cliche one right now, 
but it's the person that came to mind. So I'm going to just roll with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it to uh, Nipsey Hussle. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah, and it's just deeper than, I don't know, man. This is somebody that I've studied for years. Okay. And it's deeper to me. So his death touched me a lot. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot deeper than a lot of other people. Because anytime I've seen Nipsey Hussle anything, I was guaranteed clicking on it, whether it's an interview or whatever. Like, I'm always tuned in because he always has something to say. Like, mm -hmm. every time that I knew I was going to uh, take from it and apply to what um, what I'm doing. And I saw so much of, like, myself just in him just trying to, you know, create Mm -hmm. For the community, like I watched the whole documentary on them opening the store when they were first uh, first opening it, the struggles that they went through to actually open uh, open the store and how they didn't want them there and how they went from leasing the store to owning the whole plaza that the store is in or whatever. Yeah. So um, that's who I choose, and I mean, I just feel like. What I mean, what he was—he was just on his way to like something that was so great. Like he was really like right on the cusp. Yeah. And but it's so good that he also has so much. He has so much material now that it's almost like he became like a new artist to a lot of people. Yeah. Because there's so much stuff to really go back and listen to or watch or whatever the case is but yeah. that's just a person that I've just always um, just always respected uh, just based off like the stuff that he was doing the stuff that he stood for and like we're talking about he always just had like these ideas or innovative crazy just ideas and weren't afraid to just do them mm -hmm. and that's just that's just kind of like what I live by. I was sitting with uh, uh, one of, uh, like, a millionaire, one of my millionaire <laughs> friends the other day, and he was telling me, like, he's made the most money on, like, the craziest ideas, mm -hmm. which, um, which inspired me because, like, we had these ideas and we think that, like, man, it's crazy. Like, I don't even know if this is going to work or are you worried about how people are going to receive it yeah. or whatever the thing is. Um, but him telling me that just gave me, like, the even more confidence of, like, man, just just do what you want to do. Like, right. you know, people will catch on or whatever the case is. Yes. Yeah. I definitely so. I, I agree with that. And kind of back to the whole Nipsey thing before we wrap up the show. Um, truthfully, before he passed, I didn't really know much about him. I didn't really listen to his music. But when he passed, it rocked my world as if I knew him or followed his music or, you know, been a fan for many, many years. And I don't, it was just his spirit. And I think it was his human, humanitarian. Um, traits that he had um he was always trying to help the community and i definitely relate to that so to see someone that was going so hard to make a change in the world be taken away in that way that he was taken it just kind of it hurt and yeah. yeah i think that was i'm pretty sure it rocked a lot of people's worlds that weren't really a fan of his i mean not saying that they didn't like him but they just yeah, but they didn't just... know him yeah, exactly. And, yeah, that's the thing. Like, how, like, and it's still to this day, and I went to the store last week. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still to this day, like, how do you, like, you, like, die, like, in your own, like, this is your parking lot. Like, right. You just die in your parking lot. In the same parking lot that you're, like, employing, you know, people of the community or whatever the case is, you're using this as a platform to, you know what I'm saying, help other people. Like, it still just blows my mind to this day. 
Yeah, likewise. It's 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 kind of hard to understand, but at the same time, I feel like he worked so hard to get that spot that it's almost like God rewarded him at the same time. Like he got it, but then he elevated to something higher, which is like when he passed away, you know what I mean? So it's crazy how he struggled to get that place, but then he got that place, and, like, now he's at a higher place. So I, I don't know. I'm always in my head about <laughs> stuff like that. Like, I'm very spiritual, so I always analyze. I mean, it's an Aquarius thing, yeah. uh, for sure, so. I mean, I'm the same <laughs> way on the spiritual tip, everything, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking out time on your Saturday to chat with me. Um, it means a lot. So I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. I did. It was fun. Well, definitely. Was have, we'll definitely have to do it again. And if you're in Atlanta anytime soon, we'll have to um, link up and maybe do like a live show or something. I think that'll be dope. Definitely. No, that definitely be dope. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I'm pretty good. This was a good way to really kick off the day. Okay, cool. Well, how can people follow you on social media um, if you want them to, or what's the website? I mean, I know the website, but I'll let you <laughs> give them the website. Yeah, so the website is beatsxbeers.com. Um, on every social platform, it's beatsxbeers, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, even though we don't participate as much as we should on Twitter, but if you want to follow on there, that's cool as well. Um, I mean, my personal is on Instagram, it's B Quarter Beats, B C R D R B A T S. And yeah, that's pretty much uh, everything, but everything is always, the site is always updated regularly, which I need to have it updated now but <laughs> it's pretty much always updated uh, regularly we have a mailing list as well so if you want to know anything you can definitely find it out on social media or the website cool cool and as you guys know um all of my social media is uh themelaninfix.com and then on instagram it's the melanin fix so um i hope you guys enjoyed the show Please don't forget to subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Apple, um, Apple Podcast, and all the other <laughs> platforms out there that have um, podcasts because I'm on all of them. And don't forget to follow the Instagram page and share these episodes. And I think that's pretty much it for this week. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you guys on the next one. <laughs>